Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower... It's the one, the only, Pucko Podcast! Guys, it's so frustrating. There hasn't been any, like, real meaty Pokemon news in quite a while, and I I just can't handle it anymore. I know! There hasn't been a new evolution for years! On top of that, Jinx still hasn't gotten an evolution. I know, right? This is, what is this? We're, you know what? You know what? We're gonna be a Yokai Watch podcast now. Welcome to the 207th episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, here today with my wonderful co-hosts, Spiran and Gator. And we're here to bring you another exciting episode of the Puckle Podcast. Puckle, of course, standing for the Pokemon Underground Champions League. Uh, We are a Pokemon website, community, podcast, entertainment center for you guys to all come hang out at and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we are. (laughs) So, as every week, uh, what have you guys been up to in Pokemon lately? Well, I've been um, uh, tearing up the tearing up some ground in Pokemon Showdown. Yeah? Yeah. What have you been doing? Uh, battling. Just it's battling, bad. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly random, because I, I, I'm, I'm better with, like, individual Pokemon rather than making teams out of them. I, which is I, the reason why I wrote about specific Pokemon for a while. <laughs> I like uh, I like randoms just because they'll show you a Pokemon that you don't typically see. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a great place to go for ideas for team building. Yeah, I, I just want a team of all dugongs one day. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> dugong can actually be really good. I can believe that. I believe that. Yeah. Except for that ice type. That ice type. That ice type is such a crippling type to have sometimes. It's a liability, but it's also a blessing. How's it a blessing? Tell me how Ice type is a blessing. Well, it's a really good offensive type. You've got, I mean, back when fairy types weren't a thing, they were one of the only things that could get dragons. And I mean, Earth, or 
ground types are, are some of the most offensively viable mm, Pokemon okay. out there. That makes sense. Okay. That, have you heard of a little thing called Stab? Yeah, I've heard of Stab, yeah. The same type attack bonus. It's kind of a big deal. I mean, it works somewhat, but, like, I, I honestly... Ice is literally the worst defensive type. Like, you literally. aren't lying. You are not lying. It, it has zero resistances other than ice. Uh, and it's... <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. Like, that's 100% true. And uh, it's weak to fighting types, which fighting types, ever since Gen 5, are just everywhere. Uh, and you, it's weak to steel, which is getting more prevalent because of fairy types. Mm. Uh, mm. And, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. Uh, so what have you been doing, Gator? I have been watching the Seeds of Love Pokemon, of Pokemon Return. So I have a friend who hasn't played since, like, Sapphire was oh, the yeah. last game he played. Then he the got the seeds? bug the other day. Yeah, the seeds. Because they were already there, but I'm helping to nurture them and grow. <laughs> the other day I was talking to him. He's like, you know, I've been thinking about getting, like, a 3DS and playing some Pokemon. I haven't done it since Sapphire. And I'm like, yeah, you should do that. And I've been subtly encouraging him. And then I come to find out the other day he picked up an old uh, uh, DSi and he found Heart Gold Soul Silver. And he got uh, ten hours in three days. That's so... ridiculous. <laughs> wow. He's been playing some Pokemon lately. Yeah. Several hours every day. <laughs> yeah. Um. He's already. Last time I spoke to him, he was just about to hit the Elite Four. He said he's really liking Heart Gold. Um. I told him it's gonna blow his mind when he gets to the the new current gen games because mm-hmm. they look so different. It does. So different. It does. We talked about that li- literally a couple episodes ago with Kalos. And it was more just graphical improvements than Gallows. That's yeah. what it is. It's like, oh, the story and everything's basically the same, but the graphics are great. You know, in those old games, you feel like you're playing on a grid, whereas yeah. in the new ones, you can move vertically, you can mm-hmm. move horizontally. There's just so much more to do. I mean, in reality, it's still a grid, but it's a nicer grid. <laughs> it's well, not I mean, as noticeable of a grid. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, you don't feel like, all right, move up three spaces, left two spaces. You know, there's no... <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you're one hundred percent right. So I've been, I've been, I've been a farmer lately. You know, I'm just cultivating. <laughs> so maybe if we get more people back into Pokemon, Pokemon That's... Company will take notice and be like, "Senpai, notice me," and we will... <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, will, we will get the new game we've been all waiting for. I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope that's happening this week. But I mean, you know, I, I've talked about that plenty. But I, I feel like your story is a parallel to a lot of the Pokemon world right now. We're just waiting for that new game announcement. But right now, we're all just dormant under the surface. No, it's not just... even that. It's it's like Pokemon Go like brought up a lot of little sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> that are very interested and want some more sunlight, but it's going to be until 2016 until they see it. Tiny yeah, that, sprouts. Was, that was definitely a smart decision on their part to like mm-hmm. make the announcement in such a time where... Because, quite frankly, when Pokemon's like this and we've had a game released so long, yeah. I, I fall off playing. You know, I can only yeah. do so many battles before I'm like, okay, I'm ready for a little bit of innovation, maybe a little bit of shift to the meta... You know, that, I mean, that came along with the Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire because we got the new Megas and mm-hmm. everything worked out better. But it's just really hard to stay focused on one game for so long unless you have some sort of, you know, adjustment. Like we said last week, Z-Version needs, like, at least at least in the Wi-Fi battle section, 
you need you can already choose your music, but you should be able to choose like your setting. Like instead of being in like, oh man, I'm in this online battle grid. You could like actually have surroundings. Oh yeah, that's a that's a big thing. That's like, like if they would just make really... that one minor improvement, I feel like battling online wouldn't feel as much of a chore. Mm, yeah. And I mean, if you don't want to do that, a solution to that problem would be to go ahead and release Pokemon Stadium three. I agree. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> Mark that off on the bingo card and uh <laughs> <laughs> or I think I, I think I called it Pokemon Stadium X last week. I'll call it Pokemon Stadium X. It's more like Pokemon Stadium N, where N is an integer greater than two. <laughs> Pokemon Stadium X. I mean, it like I, I said, you, just, you, you release it as DLC, or not even DLC. You go on the Wii e store for the Wii U, and you put on the Wii U e shop for like twenty bucks. And all it does is let you sit on a couch and play Pokemon with your friends. Here's my theory. So, I think Pokemon created, or rather, Nintendo created Amiibos with the specific intent of creating 720-something Pokemon Amiibos to where they can then release a game where you can play with the Pokemon Amiibos. You want to play with your favorites? Buy the Amiibos. They, I don't think it's they a license that. to print money. It is a license to print money. I don't think they would do that, though. I feel like a 700... Like, okay, so like I'm almost burned out on like the 50-some Smash Brothers Amiibos. I know. I found the stock the other day. I was so happy. I found like nine oh, yeah. more. They got restocked oh, like heavy. I'm missing only like two of them now. And Mewtwo comes out actually this Friday. Oh, so pumped. I gotta find a Ganondorf, though. Oh, you want, do you need a Ganondorf? I, just, oh, I haven't looked hard. I don't have a Ganondorf. Never mind. I, got, I yeah. sold that one. Oh, I do have uh, I have I have Shamu hooked me up with a Charizard back in the day. Yeah, so I, I currently have that. a uh, an Olimar. Got a, him. A Zero Suit Samus. Got that one. And I think I have a Splatoon three pack. I do too. Yeah, I bought that was. I went that day that the Splatoon pack was released. Mm-hmm. I drove all over Polk County where I live. Yeah, like I did a. Probably, I spent an hour driving, just in total. Went Sounds to six right. different GameStops, went to a tar- two Targets, went to a Toys R Us, went to uh, two Walmarts, and I went one other place. Where did I go? There's a whole other story. It was, I spent a ridiculous amount of time buying Amiibos. I spent $300 on Amiibos that day. I was on vacation that day, so like I literally, my day was Amiibo hunting, and that's what I did. It was my brother's birthday, and we were having a party for him in a couple hours. So I, was, <laughs> <laughs> I was really cutting it close. That's even better. And I was like, oh my god, Splatoon's out. I might as well go spend all of my money. Pretty much. <laughs> Amiibo are really bad right now. I'm just, I'm going nuts over Amiibo. Uh, you guys are both bad. insane, and I have to speak for the common person in saying that don't do this. No, I agree 100%. <laughs> Don't buy Amiibo. That's, no, no, I was talking to Misty, right, when Amiibo were announced. She's like, yeah, yeah, I'll buy you one or two for Christmas. I go, don't buy me any of them for Christmas. And she's like, she's like, why not? I'm like, because if you buy me one, I'm going to buy, want to buy them all. And uh, so she bought me, like, three of them for Christmas. And then... Gotta catch them all like Pokemon. Now I have 40-some Amiibo sitting in my house. So, Which is like, why <laughs> Nintendo's listening to this podcast. Shout out to Nintendo. <laughs> print 719 different Amiibos. <laughs> 
Just for your basic ones. I mean, well, what are we up to? Are we up to 721 It's 721 yet? if you include Volcanion. Volcanion. Yeah. Okay. Uh, on top of that, uh, so let's move forward. Yeah. Uh, myself, I've been playing some Showdown my, uh, just like Scrawn this week. I've uh, been trying to get back into OU. Um, I've also been... Uh, <laughs> Yokai Watch came out yesterday, or on, uh, or on Friday on the 6th. So uh Misty picked me up a copy of Yokai Watch. Uh-oh. I didn't ex- I didn't I didn't ask her to do it. And so uh, uh I do have some opinions about Yokai Watch. Maybe in like a week or two I can talk about Yokai Watch versus Pokemon or something. Uh well, I mean, are we are switching to Yokai Watch as Right, we're we're switching to Yokai Watch. Cuz I our I, listeners, we need you all to go out and buy Yokai Watch. Um I I honestly don't see it as a competitor to Pokemon at all, especially after playing it. Uh it's... We can be the first Yokai Watch podcast. Oh, we could, and it would be awful because there's not that much to talk about in Yokai Watch. <laughs> I mean, there's, like there, there's literally zero possibility of doing a competitive Yokai Watch, like being a competitive Yokai Watch player. I mean, a man can dream. Like the I I don't know. I have coming into this expecting like a Pokemon like esque game. It was it's nothing like that. Uh. <laughs> So my, I'm very not worried about Yokai Watch replacing Pokemon at any point in my life. But let's let's move on and let's go to the news. Radio Tower. This just in. And on to the news, or at least what little there is. So first of all, if you're living in the United States, uh, earlier this week you noticed that there's a random Zoroark event happening. Uh, <laughs> the Zoroark knows Sludge Bomb, which is a move it normally cannot learn, which is really good against fairy types, uh, as the article on Pokemon.com says about it. Uh, <laughs> the article, the article, like goes into like very like, large detail on how to use the Zoroark best. And I think it's hilarious. But yes, if you have Pokemon uh, Omega Ruby or Alpha Sapphire, go ahead and download the Zoroark. It's uh, now going on over Wi-Fi. Uh, we all, this is going on until November 20th in the U.S., and it's currently happening in the, uh, in the U.K. and is going on until the 26th of November, which is, coincidentally, oh. American Thanksgiving. Unfair. American... American Thanksgiving. America. This this uh this is obviously to uh the Zoark is being distributed in celebration of the release of the Breakthrough TCG set, which mm-hmm. came out on November fourth. Uh, I've already picked up like eight packs and opened them all and got very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I can't eat full packs no right now. No breakthrough cards. Huh? Did you get any breakthrough cards? Uh, I did not get any break cards. Sadly, I got uh I did get we pulled one ex or something. Mm. We get we have so much better luck with uh, the packs with like the uh, three packs and like a pin in it. Like we have better luck with those apparently because we pulled one of those off the shelf like two weeks ago and we pulled like two exes out of the three packs. I'm pretty those sure that it's just, just a ugh. matter of chance. No, no, so. no! It's 100 percent a matter of chance. I agree right. with you. Okay. Yeah, but they they did. I understand how statistics work. Pins in the packs. Mm-hmm. I just bought. I, I bought them for the pin. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. The pins are the pins are amazing. There's a new one out right now with like three pins in it. What? 
it? Mm, yeah, there's like a Mega both Mega Charizards because Mega Charizard. Okay. And uh and I think it's Mega Lucario or something. It's like it's like the old yeah, that pins. One too. What the... They have like they have like old pins that they're just like refreshing. Yeah. They it must it's... be triple lucky then. Yeah. It's just uh it's it's just like maybe they just had random pins left over and they're just like, hey, let's put these in a pack. And yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's Mega Lucario and both Mega Charizards. Those are the pins. Well, I've got some really important news to break right now. Okay. For our Pokemon fans in Roanoke, Virginia, <laughs> today at uh, um, four to five p.m. at the South County Library, there's going to be a Pokemon Club meeting. <laughs> that's uh, what pops. That's how slow our news week is. Games and be great. That's, that's going to be Monday. <laughs> November 9th, 4 to 5 p.m. This, so the, the, our news week is so slow. Our news week is so slow that uh, our news feed that we typically use to find Pokemon news is picking up random, like, local news articles about Pokemon. That's oh how slow the news has been. Oh my I just well, made somebody's day because they did not know about South County Library hosting Pokemon. Oh, so, and somebody in Roanoke, Virginia wants to know. And they they have no copy editors because the headline reads South County, County Library to host Pokemon Clun meeting. <laughs> it, it almost I, it's almost Clan like and that would have been bad. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Should be club, but it's Clun. Uh, also, Together everybody Pokemon. remember that Hoopa is coming to the United States here in the very near future. I believe it starts on uh, November twenty third. I think that's why our Zoroark event's getting ca- killed, because we're getting the uh, Hoopa event. So check that out as well. Um, nice. There's also in the news not really anything other than uh, Japan is now getting a shiny Yavotal distribution as a uh, commem- com- uh, commemoration of the uh, launch of the X, Y, and Z anime. Uh, not us, so <laughs> sadly it's not for us. Uh, the scrappy skirmish, though, however, at the end of this week will be uh, will be taking place from November thirteenth to November fifteenth. So, if you haven't registered for that, register for it. Um, it's a great way to get play points if you actually want to go participate in like Pokemon Nationals during PuckleCon or something. Uh, super excited for PuckleCon BTW. Yep. Uh, it's uh, coming up, guys. It's coming up. It was a lot of fun last year. Believe. It was a lot of fun last year. Yeah. Um. Shoot, I don't even know what else there is. <laughs> There's not much else in the news. I forgot something. We were talking about something small. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's much else. The happening. shiny Veltal. Yeah, I talked about that. Oh. Um. We. I. There's just nothing. There's like how much? How much the, you love Scrawn? <laughs> the news oh, is just God. so slow. Um. For Puckle uh, news, though, uh, I can go into Puckle news. Uh, tomorrow, or today by the time you're listening to this, uh, is our monthly chat box meetup at Puckle. The second Monday of every month is, is our uh, monthly chat box meetup, where you can come talk to anybody who's hanging out in the chat box. I'll typically be there. It starts around 7 p.m. Eastern, or whenever I get home and feel like getting on. Uh, I do have some Jirachi to give out again. This time, if you haven't received one already, you can come to the chat box, get a Jirachi. I'll make your wish come true. <laughs> I will. Somebody was uh... like, a couple times, like, people were really excited with it. And so uh, I have some Jirachi to give away, uh, because they're all legitimate, like, Wishmaker Jirachi uh, from the bonus disc, so they're they're legitimate. And let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, yes, <laughs> and most importantly, 
If you want to support Puckle in style, you can go ahead and buy uh, some Puckle t-shirts now. They are, uh, we have a Etsy store that's open. There are going to be some other products there at some point. But right now we just have t-shirts. Uh, so you can go to the PucklePodcast.com website, and there's a link to our store there. So if you want to, check it out. They're pretty cheap. They're like $12 a shirt or something. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, they look really nice. I think they look really nice. Uh, so if you want one, go ahead and, and uh, order one today. Yay! Yay! Do it now. Do it now. Now. Yeah. Do, uh, all of the proceeds do go ahead, and they will uh, go straight to the Puckle account and help pay for Puckle things. So remember that. Without uh, further ado, though, let's kick it on over to the topic after our short break. Hey everyone, it's Viger, and I'm here to tell you that you should check out all the cool features that Puckle has. Puckle Podcast has a chat box where you can chat with me, fellow co-hosts, and other members of this wonderful community. We also have forums and even tournaments to participate in. You can follow us on social media such as Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Tumblr, and Reddit. You can be part of the show by sending us an email to pucklepodcast at gmail.com. Every show has about 20 minutes of emails, and we appreciate hearing from you. So check out everything Puckle has to offer. And on to the topic today. Our topic today is unanswered questions in Pokemon. So these are questions that may have been just something that just pops up and nothing in the game actually addresses it. Uh, so we asked you guys last week to send in some questions for this. Uh, so we're still going to have a mailbag segment, obviously. But these these are actually pulled straight from mailbags. Uh, so let's uh, let's jump in. Our first set of questions are from uh, is from Locke. So our... Here we go. Um, are Mew and Arceus the father and mother of all Pokemon? No. Next question. <laughs> no. Next question. No. Mm, all right. Well, I think this, this jumps to that like which Pokemon's the first, right? Rhydon, Bulbasaur, Arceus, or Mew? I mean, it's our best way of explaining the Pokemon world. We really don't know. I'd, I'd say. I mean, we have the egg egg creation myth, but that's like. I don't. I, don't I, I would have that. to say, like, okay, so if you're thinking about like the religion in the Pokemon world, which there's very little evidence that there is religion in the Pokemon world, other than uh, Sinnoh, and it's one church, which is like the Church of Arceus. It's hilarious, and uh, there was actually there was actually a post on Reddit the other day of some guy asking what Arceum, Arceanism is or something like that, Arceusism or something like that. Because some guy literally writes down anytime they ask for his religion, he writes that down and explains it to people. And all of the comments were just like, this is why people are scared of kids playing Pokemon. This is why, this is why people think Pokemon's from Satan. Uh, yeah. But uh, re- regardless of how you cho- choose to make this Arceus your god in your personal life, let's... Uh, <laughs> We can discuss that. I think Arceus is just like the creator Pokemon. He created Pokemon, um, obviously. I mean, he, but then he kind of takes like a back seat and doesn't <clears throat> really intervene anymore. In the vortex of complete chaos and nothingness, a single egg comes into being, which then hatches into Arceus, the first Pokemon in existence. Arceus then creates Dialga, Palkia, and Giratina, giving them power over time, space, and antimatter, respectively. Giratina. I- as punishment think... for his destructive nature, is sent by Arceus to live in a distortion world. There you go. That's it. Yep. And I think then... that 
I think that the order would be more along the lines of Arceus creates Mew yeah. as a genetic ancestor of Pokemon. I think that's I think that's exactly the way you should see it. Yeah, yeah I think there's there's certain legendaries that live outside of the genetic makeup of Mew. Mm-hmm. And then Mew is like all of your basic Pokemon. Yeah. I I agree with that one hundred percent. Um now he says, "Does it does it jump between different origin stories in different regions because uh, because of the same way we have multiple creation stories in our world?" Um, I don't think there's different like you can fit them all together. I think people have sat down and actually fit all of the legendaries and stuff stories together. Yeah, I'm looking at it on Bulbapedia right now. Mm-hmm. It's uh, sort of like if you were to try to say in our world if one religion can be applicable to other people. I mean, sure, if you interpret it that way, but generally you don't, and every yeah. place has its individual uh, history. Mm-hmm. But it makes sense that there's Pokemon that are created outside of the realm. I mean, look at Porygon. Porygon was created by people. So. Yeah. You're exactly right. Um, his next one is... Oh, there's an airplane flying. Okay. Uh, <laughs> where did Kyogre and Groudon come from? Oh. That I also have the answer to that. Do you? Okay. All right. We'll see. Kyogre is formed by the pressure of the deep sea trenches. Groudon is formed deep inside the earth, likely from hardened magma and earth. And Rayquaza is formed by the minerals of the ozone layer. Rayquaza but... proceeds to fly around the ozone layer, eventually coming to rest at the sky pillar. Kyogre and Groudon then proceed to fill the sea and create land, respectively. A chance meeting turns the two into rivals, and conflict for dominance over the Pokemon world begins. This battle continues until Rayquaza, Rayquaza quells it, causing Kyogre and Groudon to retreat to special caverns where they rest until the adventure of Generation 3. Uh, huh. Gator, just one small correction. It's Rayquaza, okay? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I will okay. end you. No, it's Ray- <laughs> I don't think anybody calls it Rayquaza, right? <laughs> like, it's definitely Rayquaza. That's the way, Rayquaza, the Pokemon of African holidays. But gosh, it's <laughs> it's based off of Quasar. It is based off of Quasars, but no, but you know what? You know what? In 2000, 2003, 12 year old me did not know that. All right, we're too off topic. Next question. <laughs> Next question. So that's uh, we have one more from Locke. It's uh, what's the deal with Zinnia? And I don't think any of us know the answer to that. Actually, I I think I do. I think I do. Okay, okay, go for All it. Right, I'm gonna give give my shot here. So you know, there's this ancient race of people. Uh, of, of dragon like loving people and mm-hmm. your faults, right? Yeah. And Zinnia is like this. She was born into the role. She knows that the prophecy is coming true, yeah. and she's working hard to fulfill this prophecy. But then, like, you find out that it's you who was the one who was supposed to fulfill the prophecy. So it's really just a plot point, and she just sort of keeps things moving forward, because anybody who's played the Delta episode knows that it's basically just a bunch of dialogue and some really easy Pokemon battles. <laughs> so she she's there for the conflict, which is her... Well, a sub-conflict, which is her not being able to fulfill her purpose, but her also coming to terms with it. And I think that Oh wait, am I even answering the question? I okay, so I think I think that's I think that I think you've got that. I mean, there's a lot of things though that are still like kind of mysteries, like her Wismer. What does it call? What does she call it? Aster. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so like we don't know. Like was Aster somebody who was important in her life and then died, and then she named her Wismer Aster afterwards? 
Uh, we don't really know, and I, I'm really hoping Z-Version somehow ties in the story of Omega Ruby to the story of X and Y. Mm, so well. that we can, maybe, maybe we get these dragon people to come back in Kalos, you know, and maybe Zinnia's there. Just just like we get Looker in every region now, right? It'd Spoiler be... alert, Pokemon Z actually isn't you catching Pokemon, but it's a roguelike where you have to run away from Pokemon because it's in the past. <laughs> All right. I um, hope not. <laughs> uh, in summation, it's a hard question to answer, but she's there for plot reasons, and also she's pretty cool. And if you like her, she's in the manga. manga. Is she in the manga? Yeah. Awesome. That's really, really awesome. So that's that's all we had from uh, from Locke. But we have a couple other questions. Our first one, our next one is from Antonin. Is there just uh, one one legendary or multiple? Legendaries appear and reappear across various gens and appear multiple times in the anime. Uh, so, were there more? Is there just not one now? And if there's just one now, where do the rest of them go? Well, well there is there is talk that there's a multiverse going on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There's talks of a multiverse happening, especially, like, if we take 6th gen out of it, though, you still have that problem, right? Because yeah. um, even in Gen 4... In Gen 4, you have the uh, legendary birds, uh, the original, yeah. Moltres, Articuno, and Zapdos. You have them appearing in HeartGold, Soul Silver, and then you also have them appearing in Platinum version as random wild encounters. Yeah, I think that they're more just cases of really, really, really rare Pokemon. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, I think, I think, um, I would, the only, there are some questions about some other Pokemon with lore. Like, I would say, I would say things like, your trios are yeah. uh, like your not your like box art legendary trios, but the trios that come with every game, like Cobalion and Verizian and Terrakian. Um, yeah. And then you have you know you have Entei Lucar or Entei. I almost said Lucario, uh, Raikou and uh, Suicun, stuff like that. The legendary birds, like we said, the Regis. I think I think those have multiples. And I think it's. Um... With those in particular, there's actually creation stories in specific for them, uh, especially propagated by the Pokemon Ranger games. Mm. And it was that whenever a new volcano is formed, an Entei is born. Okay, whenever, those, whenever... those are in the Pokedex entries, and I, I call bull on that. That's so okay. many Entei's. It's a lot of Entei's. Well, it's still less but... Entei's than there are like Zubats in a cave. That's but... Well, that's like saying there, there are more Zubats in a cave than there are people on Earth, because that's true. Uh... <laughs> that's a true statement uh, <laughs> but the, I imagine that there would be uh, consistencies with the other legendaries like maybe a Raikou is born every time two bolts of lightning cross or whatever I, mean, I don't know I, I definitely think there's more than one legendary though in, for each of those right I mean even in the yeah. anime we see we see the legendary birds multiple times uh, you see them in Pokemon the movie 2000 best Pokemon movie ever uh you see them in uh, Pokemon. You you'll, you'll see them in Pokemon 2000. You see, uh, there's just an episode recently where Ash's Fletchinder evolves into a Talonflame, where they're battling a Moltres in Kalos. Like no no joke. That's what the episode's about. Uh, then there's uh, there's there's a few other there's a there's an example of Zapdos being in the anime where Ash has to like heal it by throwing in this pond that's got like electrolytes or something in it and so it like re-energizes Aptos. it's really confusing it's really confusing and then you have uh the zoark in the the zoark movie 
you have the shiny versions of like Entei, Soikun, and Raikou, which are guardians of that town. When you have, in fact, like a bunch of other like we've seen Entei before in Pokemon the movie three, like a regular one. It's not the real Entei, but there's definitely an Entei that exists. There's a Raikou that exists in Pokemon Chronicles. There's uh, definitely a Soikun or two that are running around as well. It's uh, it's very interesting. Well, I mean, here's the problem. When you refer to Pokemon as their species name, it gets really confusing. Yeah, They're not just true. like, this is this is Phil the Entei. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, next Entei I catch, Gator, its name is going to be Phil. This is like, Phil the Entei? Guys, I just love the darkness Pokemon. What? No, you can't say that because there's like a lot of darkness Pokemon. <laughs> Like but Pokemon like, species names, you're not allowed to refer to Pokemon as by their species name. It was like right. it was a shower thought or something I read on Reddit the other day. It was talking about refusing to give your animal a nickname is like calling your dog dog. Like yeah, that's true. You know? So Entei, Suicune, Zapdos. That is, if they're talking about we gotta save the Zapdos, you know they're referring to that specific one because it might be legendaries mm-hmm. might just be region specific. They're still legendary, but they're regions. I mean, I mean, even if they're just like in small numbers, right? They're still legendaries. Yeah. They're still legendary because they're so rare. That's why they call you them legendary. Them. You can't find them easily. Yeah. They have like an established protective zone that they live in. I mean, it, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I agree. There's just so much like there there's a lot of there's a lot of lore, and I can understand why it's confusing. Yeah. How I many legendaries there are. We could probably move on to the next question. We could probably. I, I mean, we only have, like, one more, so. Um, uh, this next one's from uh, DJ, and I think we've done an episode on this before. I don't recall if either of you were on it. Uh, he says, I want an answer for how the economy works. Uh, like, three... Oh, yeah, I was on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe you were. Uh, like, $300. Wait, wait, wait. I've, I've got an answer here. Okay. Socialism. <sighs> Are you Bernie Sanders? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I'm talking about socialism in the Pokemon world. Pokemon, he wants to, he's just like, why is it $300 for a Pokeball? Well, first of all, it's more acquainted to, like, the yen. So, uh, like, Pokedollars are acquainted to yen, which are about, like, one yen's about one cent. Not exactly, it's worth a little bit more than a cent. But, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like that. So, that's more like a $2 Pokeball as opposed to a $300 Pokeball. <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to reiterate what I said before. So yes, go for like it. 50 or 100 episodes ago. We did it a while ago. That was a really yeah. long time ago that we did that it's episode. It's one of the first ones I was on. Yeah. Um, My theory is that Pokemon exists as a post-scarcity economy. Mm-hmm. Now, a post-scarcity economy, for those that don't know, is like a theoretical economy that exists where goods and services and information are universally accessible. Um, the term post-scarcity economics is something of a misnomer because scarcity is a defining feature of modern economics, which is why it's so hard to wrap your head around. But essentially what it is is you've reached a point where technology and automation has become where people no longer have to work. So if you have a society where you no longer have to work, it leaves you options for all kinds of different things. People can pursue certain pursuits um, without having to worry about the money, and people can work what jobs they want to work or which jobs have to be worked. Because if you look at the jobs in the economy mm-hmm. of Pokemon, it's doing stuff that ne- necessarily can be automated. So you have, like, your police officer, you have your nurse, you have your professor, 
you have you know a ship captain but our, when you see the ship captains they're usually in charge of just the fleet not necessarily you need somebody to drive the boat so mm-hmm. having a post scarcity economy with pokemon means um for everybody else out there that you can go and be free without having to worry you get an allowance from the government to spend as you will which is why these people can afford to like give this kid money for beating up their Pokemon and what amounts to be a dog fight. There, I, I also, I also have, a, I have a, I have a con, not like a one hundred percent contrary opinion, but there's, there's another one out there that says, uh, that says like the government is more like the the Pokemon League is the government, and so the Pokemon League's the government, and the way they make their money, obviously, it could be still a post scarcity economy, right? Uh, the Pokemon League is is uh, is the government, and what they do is they give each kid you know three thousand dollars before they go out on their journey, right? Uh, Thirty bucks, and you tell them to go off and wander the journey, wander the world. And what they do is because that's the way the Pokemon League makes their money because they have people come to these battles, watch people battle it out, right? So the point is there there are rules that are. Uh, in if you're part of the Pokemon League and you've accepted the three thousand dollars from them, you have to go around every time you lose. You have to give them some prize money. You have to give your opponent prize money, and same goes you. And uh, through those funds, through tax dollars, more than likely, uh, the Pokemon Company still makes money because they're selling tickets to these matches, right? They uh, they can fund gym leaders slash mayors of towns or whatever. Uh, they can fund free Pokemon healthcare. <laughs> And free lodging, just because this is how it works. I mean, the tax dollars just—it—they it, make more money paying these people, just like football players, right? They're playing—they're paying football players millions of dollars, and there's 32 teams. And just imagine, like, just paying each player three three thousand dollars as opposed to a multi-million dollars. Alternatively, uh, it's, it could just be a system designed to keep the strongest in power, where. You have to beat the various "quote unquote" shoguns of the village in order to move up and face the the higher leveled uh, shoguns. You could, you could just call them warlords, but warlords, shoguns yeah. work. Warlords, <laughs> yeah, it's they're warlords, and then the main one is a shogun. It's like Typical it's like Bernie Sanders' response, huh? Typical Bernie Sanders' response. <laughs> Guys, I'm just saying the Pokemon world is socialism. I mean, it definitely, it has to be, right? There's, uh, there's universal yeah. health care. Um, <laughs> <and laughs> at this time, Puckle would like to say that we have no political affiliations. We have no political <laughs> affiliations at all. Uh, we're just uh, making a lot of political know, jokes right now. <laughs> I have a very strong political association, and it is Praise Whimsicott. <laughs> Where's she is the president the United States of America deserves because she lives in Italy. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag roast thatch. What, where, where did that come from? I mean, uh, oh man. To never roast you enough thatch. It doesn't end. I mean, the for alligator, the for alligator beatings have just continued for like the past eight weeks. Like you no selected joke. that as your mascot thatch. <laughs> you Nobody's selected. smashing crowbat. Nobody's like crowbat's the worst Pokemon ever. Well, that's because I made a good choice. What? No, you didn't. <laughs> Not at all. Maybe, maybe in fourth gen you made a good choice. Well, I mean, you're going too far. If it's not Salamence, you guys can just uh. Salamence is actually still good. You, there's no bashing Salamence, and we we're we're all uh we're all aware of the Salamence Salamence beatings we received at PokéCon. 
That's why I've, I've, he's been my boy since like original Ruby and Sapphire. And I'm so glad that he's finally gotten the praise he deserves. Like Mega Salamence? Mega Salamence in the Nintendo sanctioned tournaments is just a beast because it should be banned, but it's not. Robat Brave Birded so many Salamences. Did it win? Mm-hmm. Ha! Ha! Oh, well, uh, yeah, well, sometimes. Sometimes. sometimes when, when it was already incredibly low on HP, maybe. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Your tears are so Okay. <laughs> Alright, so I guess that's it. Those are all the questions we really have. Um, I know some of you have written in in the mailbag, so we'll get we'll get to those questions. Uh, they tied in very closely to these, but we'll we'll get the offshoots when we re- read the mailbag here in a few minutes. I have a question. Okay, go for it. I think you guys might be able to answer this for me. Okay. What kind of Dora the Explorer parents are letting their kids run around and have virtual dog fights? Okay, that's a good question. Actually, why does a society work the way it does? Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't, okay, so I'm saying it's just, it, it's, it's, uh, it could just be, like, the Kanto War Theory, you know? Where there was a war, and there are no really middle-aged people left, and so for kids to make it on their own, they have to go out and just become Pokemon trainers, and be part of the Pokemon League government thing. I have an alternate theory. Okay. I mean, it's cheaper to have your kid paid for, and, like, he gets fed at the Pokemon Center, so why worry about... Um... Well, maybe if the kid is bad at, like, being smart and battling with Pokemon correctly, then rather than just blocking out and ending up at a Pokemon center, they die. What? Yeah. Why'd you Uh, make this so dark? I mean, it's just a theory. Just a theory. (laughs) It's like, it's like, yeah, maybe people just die. Maybe this is like, this is like accelerated Darwinism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's how they manage to, like, keep populations down or whatever. Why are they trying to keep the population down? I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know how the society works that. This is what we're trying to find out. <laughs> this is what we get when Bernie Sanders gets to decide the Pokemon world. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. This is, this is, this is Scrawn talk. This is Scrawn talk. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I've get, never don't you seen... Get... I've never seen Scrawn and Bernie Sanders in the same place. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Don't you be giving the the credit for my theories to a, to a politician. To be fair, Bernie Ber, Scrawn doesn't have the uh, Brooklyn accent, so yeah. yeah. Well, I, I he also what, sounds what, about fifty years younger. I have uh, what Zorro. equates to okay, a Zorro. San Diego sort of voice. Oh well. Oh well. Okay, so. All I'm saying is we've never seen Scrawn, Bernie Sanders, and a Ditto in the same place. Ooh. Oh my god, Gator. Oh my god. <laughs> Alright. We're gonna move on. Again, we would like to assert that Puckle does not have a political affiliation, <laughs> so... <laughs> alright, alright. So we're gonna move on, we're gonna move on guys. Uh, so we're gonna go to commercial break, be back with the Pokemon the episode. So we'll catch you guys on the flip-flop. Ahoy, you scurvy dogs! I'm Archie, and this election year I'm running for president. No, not that Archie, I'm Multiverse Archie. You see, my stance on politics is very simple. There's too much land, and not enough water. I'm going to wake up Kyogre, and get more water. Vote for Archie! 
This commercial paid for by Team Aqua. Poke of the episode. And on to the Pokemon of the episode. So our Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex number 571, Zoroark, the Illusion Fox Pokemon. According to its Super Smash Bros. information, this Dark-type Pokemon is a powerful illusionist and uses its power to confuse any that would threaten its home and loved ones. When it uses its Fury Swipes attacks, it vanishes, then reappears next to an opponent and sends them flying into the air, and then slashes at them furiously before slamming them into the ground. I... Do you know what I learned from that uh, that Pokedex entry from Smash Brothers? Yeah. Uh, that Zoroark learns Fury Swipes. <laughs> I did not know that. I 100% did not know that. Uh, it's also not a move you should use competitively, unless you're playing Little Cup. So, Hey, it's got 80% accuracy, Thatch. Don't yeah, that's pretty awful for Fury Swipes. It's 80% accuracy. You're not guaranteed unless you have Skill Link to hit all five times. Hey. It hits for 18 damage, okay? 18 is bigger than 17. <laughs> That's a 100% true statement. Uh, but, let's see. Uh, Zoroark is actually, um, he's a Dark-type Pokemon. Uh, obviously, we discussed him being given away uh, with his new move, Sludge Bomb. Which can actually take care of a lot of his weaknesses against fairy types. So, uh, Gabe and I are actually talking before the show about Sludge Bomb being useful in competitive play. And uh, say that you have, like, a dragon type, such as Salamence, sitting in the back of your team, and you throw Zoroark out. Zoroark's a dragon type, so they're going to try to bring a fairy out. And you predict the switch to the fairy, and you use Sludge Bomb. And you get, you know, a pretty good Oko, because I think uh, you have a pretty good chance to Oko. I'm not going to say you get a good Oko. But uh, Zoroark's base, base special attack stat's actually, like, 120, which is really, really high. Uh, considering, like, Zoroark's got decent stats. It's just his typing and his move pool have just kind of been meh. You just need to get over your typing problems, Thatch. You think so? Yeah. I mean, pure dark type is not that great, I feel. Well, well, it's got a lot of the problems that pure ice type has, where mm -hmm. you get, you know, all the, 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 the prevalence of fighting Pokemon and now the prevalence of fairy types mm -hmm. makes it really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Those are two out of his only three weaknesses. Unlike Ice Type, which has like a lot of weaknesses. And <laughs> but um, but on the brighter side, Zoroark has a signature move called Night Days. He does. And I personally prefer this move over Dark Pulse because Why? of the extra five power and the forty percent chance of the accuracy lowering. Wait, like um, uh, their accuracy lowers? There is a forty percent chance of lowering the foe's accuracy by one stage. Hmm. Okay, so I'd say instead of that, I would prefer the 20% flinch chance with Dark Pulse. Like, that 20% flinch chance is very real. Yeah, and yeah. I like that it's 100% accuracy on Dark Pulse, too. Yeah, this is, what is Night Day? is 95, so like, 1 out of 20 times you're missing with Night Days, which isn't awful, unless you're like playing a Nuzlocke and you realize Tackle's 95% accuracy, and it's like, <laughs> forget this game. <laughs> Bad memories for that. Oh my gosh! Uh, have you watched the joint lock? No, that that no, happens all I the time. I know up. you probably haven't. You probably haven't. It's fine. No, no, I have. I have. You have? I you just have? 
Yeah, I I only watch like half of them though, that's so that fair. I can like see what has died. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair, but yeah, it, Zoroark's not actually a useless Pokemon, honestly. Um, right now, he's sitting in like limbo in the Smogon tiering system. He's yeah, borderline. He's borderline two, so he's neither UU or RU. But it's uh, he's that means he's UU because he's in borderline two, so he can't be used in or uh, RU. <laughs> I'm telling you, eventually, like the tiers are going to develop to such a point where every Pokemon is in its own tier. And then in, it's, o- it's, in it, OU when... that used to be is literally just Ferrothorn. <laughs> just Ferrothorn. And it will be beautiful. I, I remember, uh, like, I could see that because when I, I remember when RU became a thing and I was very confused. I didn't understand because I thought, like, OU, UU, NU. That made perfect sense to me. And now it's just like, well, there's RU now because there's so many Pokemon and it's getting pretty bad. Uh, there was also a, uh, there was also a meme going around the other day of, uh, Doc Brown and Marty McFly. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, and it's Doc and he's just like, Marty, I've been to 2099. We have 2,000 Pokemon and 19, 1,980 of them are banned by Smogon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, that's hilarious. Because Smogon's getting, it, Smogon, like, uh, I guess when I was like 16, all of the people running Smogon were about my age. And so I didn't think it was ridiculous. But now I look back and like, they're like 13 year olds running tears and stuff. Yeah. On Smogon. And I'm just like, okay, this is a little absurd. Um, hey, I've got a joke. Yeah. How many Smogonites does it take to screw in a light bulb? Uh, I don't know. Does, None. Do they need a... None. None. They'll just ban it for being broken. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, Lightbulb's broken, Gator. They banned it for being broken. I don't don't get it. Just like Mega Salamence. (laughs) Uh, Mega Salamence is the lightbulb. Please explain the joke. Jokes are always funnier when you explain them. (laughs) (laughs) Gator, shut up. Okay, uh, let let me give you guys a joke, uh, guys. I was just messing with Scrod. Let me let me get a uh, let me get a set for uh, for Zoark. So Zoark, um, you, you could run a Choice Spec set or maybe a Life Orb set if you really wanted to. Um, his physical attack is actually not that bad. It's uh, base one hundred five, but I'd still run a special set just if you want to optimize, uh, especially with that Sludge Bomb. So obviously we're going to be running Sludge Bomb because it's Sludge Bomb and it's going to be fun to run this time. Uh. I would run that. Um, you could run Trick on him with Choice Specs, which Trick is one of my favorite moves for cho- with Choice Items, like by far. I, I think that's like what the move is for, basically. Yeah, no, that's 100% what it's for. Um, you could run Focus Blast to take care of other Dark Types, uh, and those pesky Ice Types that apparently are showing up everywhere, according to Scrawn. And, uh... <laughs> uh and then I, I, I personally, unless uh, you really want that drop in accuracy real bad, like, I would run Dark Pulse. I prefer the flinch chance. You know what, Thatch? I like to live on the edge. What no, can I say? That's fair. You're Dark allowed, Pulse you're... doesn't reveal Zoroark to be a fake either. No. I think I, Night Days would be very revealing if you still have the illusion up. And uh, Dark Pulse Dark Pulse is something that's okay. very common among now other Pokemon. Now that's something I can get behind right there. I think that is the main reason that you do end up using Dark Pulse. I think the 20% flinch yeah. chance is also nicer than the 40% accuracy drop. 
but that's just me. Uh, so again, you're holding choice specs. You're obviously running Illusion because it's Zoroark, and that's the only ability it has. Uh, you can run it. You can run a timid nature, so you can outspeed a lot of threats. A base speed of 105 is nothing to laugh at. It can outrun most uh, most Pokemon. So you're you can you max out attack special attack 252. Uh, throw that extra four in special defense, and then 252 in speed. It does pretty well though. Yeah, I'd also, say uh, I'd say a few things to watch out for. Uh, is, is U-Turn. U-Turn's a very common move in Pokemon, especially from Pokemon such as Crobat. Um, you'll see that happen a lot, and that's gonna hit your, that's gonna hit Zoroark pretty hard. His defenses are very, very, very poor. But yeah, Zoroark's a really cool gimmicky Pokemon. And this is like very, like, uh, I just, if you actually, I think it might be off now, I'm not sure. Uh, Pokemon, I've been watching, using the Pokemon app on, uh, Android and iPhone a lot more to watch, like, the TV show. I've been wa- using that a lot more recently because it finally came out with Chromecast, uh, support. Which is <laughs> awesome. So I can watch it on my TV. And so I've been watching that, and Pokemon, uh, they had the, uh, 13th movie on there, the one with Zoroark. And so I watched that literally, like, two days ago. And so it's very fitting. Um... Yeah. You want to watch out for fairy types, as we said, but you have Sludge Bomb now, so if you can predict the switch into a fairy type, you can hit one pretty hard. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. Oh, yeah, so if you want to jump into the trivia, Scrawn or Gator, one of the two. I got well, it. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Trivia is my job. Oh, I'm sorry. And for everybody listening, make sure you do Scrawn's trivia challenges when he holds them, because he's yes. they're not trivial at all. They're actually but, really fun. Yeah. Like, they're really fun. All right. Um... <laughs> Did you find That's the trivia, Scron? No. You see, you see, um, I, I like to make up my own trivia. Oh, you like to make up your own trivia. Yes. Well, you uh, do that. I'm going to talk about the Zoroark did, card. Did you know that Zorua, Zoroark's previous evolution cannot fully become an illusion because of its tail. Yeah, I didn't know that. So It was in the movie. A, I watched it. That's some trivia. Ooh. And um, also, um, Zoroark might be what in is. Oh, yeah, and might be a Zoroark. That's true. Yeah. And um, Zoroark has a bead in its hair. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was weird. <laughs> Thanks, Scron. All right, Scron, that was great. All right, guys, <laughs> for some real trivia. <laughs> Zorark is likely based on Kitsune of Japanese folklore, a shape-shifting mythical fox that would trick unsuspecting travelers for fun. This is similar to Ninetales, another Pokemon based on Kitsune. If I said that correctly, I don't care if I did. Its facial <laughs> markings draw from Kabuki and Noah theater makeup. It also resembles a werewolf due to the fact that it's anthropomorphic canid, like most werewolves. Its large claws are also wolf-like. Zorark may be a combination of Zoro, Spanish for fox, and dark. Mm. And though evolving from Zoro to the level 30, pre-release information from Korokoro suggested it would evolve from Zoro by a method different from unknown. From known evolution methods, what this method might have been, if it was true, is unknown. So, it was one of the ones that was, uh, 
debuted Nakora Coralique. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have uh, two Zoroark cards. There are actually three in cycle right now, but two of them are the ones I want to talk about. They're from the newest set, Breakthrough. Uh, the one from there is one from X and Y. Uh, I did not think it was as good, but the two from Breakthrough are actually not too bad. So our first one is uh, Zo is uh, the Breakthrough Zoroark. It's not the Break card. Is uh, it's got an ability called Stand In. It's 100 HP, um, Darkness type, obviously. So once bu- once your turn before you attack, if this Pokemon is on your bench, you may switch this Pokemon with your active Pokemon. So there's no retreat cost there to pr- bring in uh, Zoroark. Um, for two colorless energy, he can do an attack called uh, Mind Jack, which is a 10 plus. So it does 10 damage plus 30 for each of your opponent's bench Pokemon. So early game, if your opponent's just like stacking their bench, this is a good way to get some extra damage off. And so with the new break mechanic, we also have Zoroark Break, which has an additional 40 HP. So you place this on top of your Zoroark. It can still use, I believe, Scrawn, correct me if I'm wrong, all of the attacks from the previous Zoroark card I was just discussing, right? Um, I think so. Yes. Yes, Yes, it can. And so uh, it also has an additional attack. So we can still use the, uh, the attack for the opponent's bench Pokemon, but we can also use, for one darkness energy, a move called Fall Play, which says let uh, which lets you choose one of your active Pokemon's attacks and use it as as your attack, which is uh, very interesting and very cool. So I uh, I definitely I, I I really wish I would have pulled a Zoroark break um, yesterday when I was pulling my packs, but you know all the same, all the same. I love I I just love these artworks. The artwork though for these cards is amazing. Uh, I Breakthrough had some of the best art that I've seen in a while. And uh, it's awesome. <laughs> but if you want to learn more about Pokemon, just in general, you can come to PucklePodcast.com and check out all of our writers. Uh, Scrawn does a weekly tri- or a bi-weekly trivia challenge, correct? Um, it's been more monthly because we haven't get the kind of participation that we're really looking for in our... Well, uh, they listeners. should participate because don't you give out prizes? Absolutely. Yeah, we give out really cool prizes. And, like, I think for this time I prolonged it to... A month, and we got mm-hmm. six people. Um, That's a one out of six chance first, to be winning your thing. When we first started these, we were getting like fifteen, and it was really, really cool. And like the more participation that we get here, the the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the prizes we can get, and the more uh, That's things will be able to turn out. Yeah, one hundred percent true. But there will be a new one going up, so uh, you don't, you don't have to feel bad about yourself. Just go do it, and um, don't be lazy bums. Uh, also, it. we have uh, we have Mickey Panda writing weekly anime synopses. We have Fluffiest Whimsicott and Snag writing opinion articles every week. Um, we have uh, Jushiro writing awesome TCG articles. Um, we got word, um, word Scrawn on running for the Democratic Convention. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. And we have, uh, what's what else do we have? We have, uh, we have oh my gosh, Sublime writing uh, uh, BGC stuff. BGC stuff. Yeah. Um, the articles posted this week might be a bit erratic. Everyone's really busy this time of year, so just sort mm-hmm. of like come check us out and see what we've got. But don't be mad if your favorite writer isn't on there. Mm-hmm. Definitely check I, that out. Listening to the other podcasts that come out for Pokemon, I would be surprised if we are not the most prolific when it comes to content. We oh, yeah. are putting out articles on a regular basis. We have the new show that comes out, the TCG show. Mm-hmm. We have the YouTube channel we started up. So unless they're running something like the Dex, where they have a weekly show that they're already doing, um, mm-hmm. we I mean, are. 
hands down. I have no doubt that we have the most about. content. We just, uh, we're definitely we're definitely coming out with uh, we're coming out with more YouTube content very soon. We just got new stuff to play with. So, all right, guys, we'll see that new. <laughs> If Thatch's predictions are correct, we should see this content sometime around 2020. Ooh, that sounds that sounds like a great time to start doing it. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a great time to do it. No, it should it should hopefully like I, I'm gonna have some time off at the end of Christmas. If I haven't done it by then, uh, if I haven't done it if I haven't done it by then, I have like a whole week to get my life figured out. <laughs> I have a whole week that I get to dedicate to Puckle stuff, and that's what I do with my vacations. It's really sad, uh, but. Guys. I'm just gonna let you know. Whenever there finally is a Pokemon MMO like that's endorsed by like Game Freak or Nintendo or something, uh, we're going to make a guild, and it's gonna be Puckle. <laughs> there better not be a Pokemon MMO, and I I, I think I have you're, good reasons. You know what, why. Patch? You're gonna play that, and you're going to be our figurehead. I'm gonna play it. You would 100 know I'm gonna play it. I just don't <laughs> want it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so that's it for the Pokemon of the episode. We're going to kick it on over to the mailbag. It's mail time! It's time for the mailbag! Send in your emails! The mail's here! Check your inbox! It's time for the mailbag! Mail! And welcome to the mailbag, uh, brought to you by Green Toros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. Last week we asked you, uh, wonderful listeners, what features you would like to see in future Pokemon games. So uh, let's go ahead and just jump right in here. Uh, greetings, Puckalonians. Hexmaniac Lock here with the mailbag again. In opening, I would like to—I wanted to mention something about the Pokemon of the episode last week. One of my favorites, Chandelure. Something that wasn't mentioned and is a beautiful little plaything to catch people off guard. It's a hidden ability, Infiltrator. For those of you that don't know, Infiltrator allows a Pokemon to completely ignore the effects of Reflect, Light Screen, Safeguard, Mist, and most importantly, Substitute. Now imagine dropping Will-O-Wisp trick and something smashing like overheat onto this glass cannon. Now nothing will stand in its way, and they're stuck dropping substitutes or screens that have no effect. Also, Inferno is the worst choice. We had this long discussion last week about Viger using Inferno. No, this is not coming back. And we told we told Viger that there is absolutely no reason to run Inferno over uh, over Fire Blast. There is absolutely no reason. Okay, but I've had really good. Luck. He's got really good luck making it hit. But I'm just like, we're, every time it hit was an Oko. Yeah. Because if it was an Oko every time it hit, you might as well just be running Fire Blast because it's got a higher accuracy and it's got more power. And it Man. still has a chance to burn. It's not a hundred percent chance to burn like it is with Inferno, but it's it's a, it's like a ten percent chance to burn. Now a couple of the old mailbags. I will keep the old ones quick. Uh, favorite starter Bulbasaur, first Pokemon, and Mega Venusaur for the win. Favorite region Johto. It was like a new game plus for Red and Blue. And the current mailbag. What new features? I would like the customization of Pokeballs. That sounds fun. That's pretty cool. And um, I could ask, I could, uh, yeah, okay, wear your new Puckle t-shirt with flip-flops, Hex Maniac Lock. 
Yeah, so uh, Puckle T-shirts, Locke actually helped design those, so shout out to Locke, obviously. And if you want to, buy those shirts. They're on the website, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're cool. they're cool looking, I think. Uh, Do it. Uh, Scrawn, a couple comments on your intro. It was great. All right. uh, but the energy just wasn't there. You got to make hooves with your hands when you do it. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't see it when I'm doing it, but like whenever I do like the green tours, like I always like I make I like squish my hands up and I make hooves and I put them down on my desk. Green. And then you also forgot to remind everybody that we are, Taurus. of course, uh, we are of course giving the mailbag badge, the green Taurus badge this week to anybody we deem their mailbag worthy. Oh, yeah. But that's fine. It, it was good for a first time, Sean. Get good, huh? Just get good. No, it was good for a first time. I mean, I wasn't perfect on my first time, and you know how many times it took me to remember about the green Taurus badge? Two hundred and seven. Yeah, two hundred and seven. One hundred percent true. All right, let's move on. With let's that. move on. <laughs> yeah, our next email is from uh, is from Mega Man, dear Puckle, Mega Man here, and I've been very lazy with replying to the mailbags. I'll jump right in. My favorite starter is Chimchar because he was my first Pokemon and, and Infernape was my first level 100. My favorite region is Jant, Jantho. Jantho. Now let me explain. It's Janto, Kanto, I just said it. Kanto plus Johto because they're connected and they're the only place you can visit two regions. It's just you can only visit the half of the combined region in Kanto only games. They also have the same elite foreign champion. Why are they not one region? Most of, most of Johto's Pokemon are just evolutions to Kanto Pokemon anyway. Those are just my thoughts. In future games, I would like to see all the starters have Mega Evolutions, and it would be a huge battle royale. Where Blastoise punches Charizard in the face, and the cannon down, and shoots the cannon down his throat, so he's filled with water, and then uses his right hand to punch him in the stomach, then shoots the cannon, propelling Charizard across the battlefield. Wow, that's really graphic. Uh, I like Charizard, but that would just, but that would just be cool. Also, for alligator would be the, would die first in a battle royale. Hashtag roast thatch. <laughs> it's been seven weeks. For lore, what Pokemon is Genesect based off of? What other Pokemon from space we don't know, and what other others are in space? That's a good question. Uh, Genesect is based off Kabutops, I believe, kind of, sort of. And uh, there's no confirmation. There's there, no confirmation. It's highly speculated. Yeah. There. And then, uh, what Pokemon are from space that? Uh, we don't know. Uh, we don't know. Um, Clefairy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and what others are in space? There could just. I mean, Rayquaza's kind of in space, but it's weird. Um, okay, thanks for all that. Now something fun. What if Zygarde's individual cells could fuse with ordinary Pokemon to make them stronger? That would just be too much. Oh God. Anyway, that's all for now. Mega Man out. I'm really interested to see how the mechanic works in the games. I am. Uh, Gator, you got this one from, uh, Jesturn. Heidi ho there, Puckalonians, as neighbor Jesturn peeks over your fence. I'd love to see skills. Sadly, I'll have to look further than Thatches for Alligator. Seven weeks. It's been seven weeks. <laughs> Just kidding. In my imagination, each Pokemon has one or two skill slots that effectively replace things like HMs, as well as out-of-battle TMs such as Flash, Sweet Scent, and Dig. My envisioning of skills would free me from carrying a Bibarel or Halucha as an HM buddy. This will all also allow the developers to add cool skills without spending hours playtesting new moves to avoid breaking the meta. Ideally, skills would be assigned to specific 
to species automatically unlocked with badges. Basically, I hate HMs, and as a new game dev, I find them to be an atrocious game mechanic. Also, I'd love to see another Mega Stone that gives any non-legendary, non-Mega Evolving Pokemon a 75-point stat boost, as opposed to a current Mega Stone's 100 points. The stone need not change the Pokemon's designer ability, but may allow any Pokemon to act as a subpar Mega. This is actually just a scheme to see Persian become a viable OU mod, <laughs> but whatever. It could save a lot of PU and NU Pokemon from being passed over of the by the compressive world. P.S. Did you know that for alligator is made up of two worlds? Feral, as in flea-bitten, wild, and wormy, and the word gator, which misspelled, implies the thing was designed by a two-year-old, and they just didn't give two craps? Hashtag. No, it's just hashtag gator roast. <laughs> oh, nice. Oops. Oops. Who did uh, you anchor, Thatch? Uh, I don't know. People just, like, really, uh, really don't like Feraligator. All right. Uh, moving on. We have this one from Antonin. Oh, I love Hello. this one. Hello, all. It's Antonin again. I'm going to dive straight into the mailbag. I've been thinking about what Pokemon could improve on for years, and that endeavor was fueled partially by the explosion of custom ROMs, which explored various ideas when it came to Pokemon gameplay. I'll start with the least complicated and move forward from there. Key items instead of HMs where you can basically use something like a Pokey Flashlight for Flash, Pokey Shears for Cut, and even Pokey Blow Up Boat for Surf. <laughs> It'd eliminate the need for HM slaves or wasted moves. I think they tried Two. to surfboard in the original games. Oh, yeah. Uh, two, having a Pokemon follow you around. One of the most memorable features of Pokemon Yellow and the second gen remakes that I think should make a permanent comeback. Uh, three, I'm not sure if this is possible yet, but a two-on-two competitive co-op gameplay. That's definitely um, possible, right? That is definitely possible. We do that all uh, the time. Yeah, it's actually really fun. You should try it out. Uh, four, Pokemon side games that hook into the made games. Kind of like how Pokemon Bank can access XY and Orez. It'd be great to be able to play mini games, challenges, etc. that affect the main game but are spin-offs. Imagine if you could collect items from Pokemon Shuffle and then use them in the main game. I think that'd be awesome and open up a great deal of avenues to enjoy Pokemon even more. That sort of sounds like Pokewalker to me, mm-hmm. uh, which was really cool. Uh, Five, before I get to the big one, subspecies slash variations, I'm sure you've seen the topic tossed around on the internet with ideas like a tropical Venusaur that has a palm tree on the back or an Auron made of gold, tin, or whatever other metal. I think that this one will eventually happen. I hope it doesn't. <laughs> I just, I think that's just too much. And I like poke, like, it would, it would actually drive away, like, older fans, right? Like, I want to catch, like, my favorite Zubat, Scrawn. And then Scoobat's got, like, say it's, like, an old-school, like, favorite. Or even if, like, you were to apply these, like, new changes, like... Because Pokemon Go would want to use, like, the most modern version of that Pokemon design, right? And so, let's say that you've got a tropical Venusaur that looks different than your regular Venusaur. And we're trying to bring back the Gen 1-ers, or the people who haven't played since Gen 1, with Pokemon Go. And so now there's a completely different Venusaur. It looks different than your old Venusaur. That's going to drive some people away. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and I don't yeah, think that's going to happen... But yeah, keep uh, going. All right, number six, we have DLC. I can't imagine Nintendo passing up on the opportunity to continually expand the story after the game release. It'd be great if post-game stories like Sevi Islands, Delta Episode, and others would keep on coming. Better yet, make it a TV show-slash-movie tie-in. For example, if you had a new Pokemon movie coming out with Zygarde, it'd be great to get a mini subplot that follows the movie's plot with a shiny Zygarde at the end. I'd even prefer this one over getting free Pokemon. That's what they used Seven. to do. 
seven. I can tell I'm gonna like this one. MMO. Oh my god. I gosh. know, I know. It's been discussed to death, but I feel like Pokemon would greatly benefit from having a shared region where numerous players can interact in an online only experience. This would mean that you can keep the original story and possibly as post game, you'd enter this amazing world full of other players to engage in battle with, train with, and even face ruthless two on two battles with online. Scrawn? Scrawn, are you there? Oh, oh no. And Bernie even Sanders face ruthless two-on-two battles with on- online-only gym leaders, trainers, and even Pokemon. But anyways, that's it. I don't have any flip-flop trivia this week, but I do believe I found Thatch's place of employment. Picture attached. And it's a picture of a flip-flop shop. Uh, and I think that's hilarious. I should buy some flip-flops. Alright. So our next email is from uh, Philly Chili Evan or Philly Philly Chili Evans or Philly the Kid for short. Uh, but I'm gonna preface this uh, because he sent us a 3,000 word email, um, which is like almost the length of my candidacy paper. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this uh, with a couple things. First of all, for future reference, uh, we do have like caps that we try to we try to like keep people at for email links and audio email links. Because both of them were actually broken this week by uh, various people. So if you're going to send an audio email in to the podcast, we prefer it to be no longer than two and a half minutes. Um, If you want to be able to condense down what you want to say in those two and a half minutes, we suggest you write out what you want to say beforehand. That way it sounds a lot better when you do it. Um, Also, if you're going to send an email, try not to go over 500 words. Um, 500 words is like the length of a page-long essay. And we typically have, like, ten of these emails, ten or more, actually, of these emails to read every week. And so uh, sending a 3,000-word email is not very appropriate to, like, let every... You have to share this airtime with everybody else that wants to be on the show as well, right? And so uh, I'm going to condense some of this email because it's very, very long. Um, I'm going to read a few of these things. Um, If you do want to respond to old mailbags, please try to keep it short as well. Don't try to write me an entire email that you would have sent during that episode as part of your next episode as part of like a six mailbag answer uh so let's see let me read you some of these highlights so good day mates philly chili evans or philly the kid for short um please don't even try to read this email in an australian accent uh i am not it is way too long i'm back returning from months of not posting anything to the mailbag um so let's see um his favorite pokemon vaporeon He also likes Bulbasaur as a starter, uh, Squirtle as well, and Cyndaquil for sentimental reasons. Um, For Pokemon whose types don't make sense, he says Psyduck and Golduck, Gyarados, Dunsparce, Empoleon and Feraligator, Lugia, Floette, Wormadam, Shelmet, Zekrom and Reshiram, Pancham and Pangoro, and Gudra. Um, He says, I hope this list hasn't made my email too long. It was a lot of things that made this email too long. (laughs) So, uh, from here we're gonna say, I really liked how you mentioned some Pokemon, i.e. Beldum line, were found in a different region than their Pokedex origin. Uh, i.e. Farfetch being a Johto Pokemon, same with Jinx. You missed one that blew, blew me away, just thinking about it the other day, Slugma. Uh, and just a few years after the events of Red and Blue, Slugma Infestation has taken over the Kanto in the Biker's Path. Wow. I guess this discovery of non-native Pokemon can be explained by the order in which Pokemon were recorded or discovered. Farfetch was seemingly extinct, and yet someone still had one. Same with Jinx. Yet in Johto, in a few years' time, it was discovered that they were found in the wild in numbers. 
Perhaps these Pokemon are just really rare to the point where one trainer, like Steven with the example of Beldum and Hoenn, migrated the Pokemon over or found the last of its kind in the region, hence why it was discovered in that region's Pokedex. Professor Oak is a Time Lord anyway, and Pokedex entries don't make sense half the time. I mean, how the heck did Oak record or account Arceus creating the world? Was he there at the time? Or is it like the Bible, where it's been a story passed down for many, many years? Before I'd sign off, I'd like to ask how it's possible to be a co-host for an episode apart from building up a level of trust in the community as well as popularity and prestige. There isn't. <laughs> really. Uh, now, I don't know what you mean by prestige, but popula- uh, and popularity, really. It doesn't really matter. Uh, it seems like Fluffius was just a fan some time ago and got ascended to being a common member of Puckle episodes. Actually, Fluffius for a while was on our writing staff, and still is, right, Scrum? Yes, she is. And uh, she was writing, like, mul- like multiple, like, very long articles every week, and that's what made her nominated to be on the Blackthorn Council. Which and is drawing the gr- pictures. Yes. <laughs> and that's what led her to being put on the grant or the Blackthorn Council when we had a, when we had an opening. So that's why she's become a member of the episodes. Those are the people that are on the episodes, the Blackthorn Council. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, if, if you haven't noticed, um, the general members of the episodes are people that are on the council, or every once in a while a writing staff, or mm-hmm. a guest that we seek out to be on the podcast. Yeah. It's not that we have a problem with the new people being on the podcast, it's just there's a lot to learn, and we like to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And We don't like bringing somebody on who's only going to be on just for like one episode uh, from the community, because also, it's kind of like this thing where you, you have a... Like, everybody who's on the council does something other than just be on episodes as well. Yep. Um, and so, they... It's people who do a lot for Puckle that are on the show. Yeah. And that's how and, we choose. Um, and occasionally we do have spots open up on the writing staff, and that's generally the best way to get into the... Yeah, it's, it's probably the easiest one currently. I mean, also, if you're just very active in the community and we can notice you being active on the chat box or active in the forums or something like that, that's something that, like, when the time comes when we need to fill a spot, that's those are the people we look for. We look for people who are very active in the community and very active in Puckle. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. It's great because she's without a doubt my favorite thing about the show. Her accent, happiness, enthusiasm, great stories, and overall, she's just amazing. So how is it possibly co-hosting an episode? That's how. Uh, how do you get all the hosts on board for an episode? Every week I go, hey guys, who wants to record this week? <laughs> he does. That's, that's about that, Wednesday, Thursday. Wednesday or Thursday us. I go, which because that's when people typically know their schedules for the weekend. And so uh, is a Skype chat while you record the podcast. There It, it is, 100%. Uh, thanks for all you do. Keep the amazing work, and uh, here's hoping Pokemon Z isn't too far away as I've ran out of things to do in Pokemon. After finally finishing my Soul Silver Nuzlocke and having officially completed 28 to 30 successful Nuzlocks, all recorded in a diary, I've ran out of things to do and am no longer surprised by anything anymore. <laughs> On a final note, short story, which is both a proud achievement and a heartbreaking moment at the same time. While shinies have become more common since Gen Six. I think it might be might I might have been the first person to see a shiny in Gen Six on the day on the day of the release of X and Y. Sadly, I have no proof. Didn't take a picture, and the way it happened made me hate this particular Pokemon forever. Uh, on the release day of X and Y, I bought them both for a steal of forty dollars at Kmart. When I got home, I played them each, giving my sister a chance to start a game on Y version. As soon as the tutorial to catch Pokemon began, bam! I see Sparkles, whiny, shi- wild, shiny, shiny Bunnelby. I was in shock and horror as I watched Serena catch the shiny, possibly the first ever seen in game in Gen 6, and I didn't even take a video or photo. 
the horror was too much. That's my post-Halloween story for you. Till next time, peace. Uh, Philly Chili. Philly Chili. Boom. That was the scariest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, I think you have this next one from DJ Gator. All right. <clears throat> it is not 3,000 words. It's not 3,000 words? Are you sure? I'm very sure. All right. Hi, Puckle. It's DJ dropping in. The answer to your question, a future feature that I would like to see is online contests like the beauty, cuteness, etc. I have a contest Pokemon that wants that to happen, and I would... And the answer to what's-his-face's question is I want an answer for how the economy works for, like, $300 for a Pokeball. Let's get real, Game Freak. Well, bye, DJ. (laughs) (laughs) Short and concise and to the point. Yeah. (laughs) You've got this next one from Winmore. All right. I puckle pals, let me just start out by saying what I thought was a blessing of winning the Green Tauros has turned out to be a nightmare. I haven't slept in seven days now, and every time I go to caress my loved ones, I knock them out with my hooves. (laughs) Can anyone tell me when these effects will go away? In all seriousness, thank you guys at Puckle. Since moving to a big city and starting over, It's been hard to make any solid friends, and I feel like Puckle has been there for that in a big way. The community does feel very open, and I feel like you guys are my friends. Well, I am your friend. (laughs) We are all your friends. (laughs) We're friends now. (laughs) On that note, if there is ever a Puckle gathering in the future, I'd love to make it there. Uh, PuckleCon2016. Hashtag PuckleCon2016. As for my dark deck in the TCG, I have successfully taken down a team with Pyroar with some changes I made to my deck, including a Malamar that counters it very well, and the card Hex Maniac. As for what I've been doing in Pokemon lately, it is a lot of Pokemon TCG online playing. I've been trying to get lots of the new breakthrough packs, so I'm not sure I see the potential in them yet. What are your guys' thoughts? We have an entire episode on that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, for the mailbag, I love your guys' guys's idea to craft custom Pokeballs and the feel of customization it would give to each trainer's mons. I think the game is definitely headed in that direction with the female Pokeball being able to be passed on as well as the ribbon you could make appear whenever your mom has won some contests, I believe. It could definitely be cooler to have an option of adding effects like fire or electricity when your mom, mom was summoned. The first thought I had for a new feature was actually being able to capture more water-type Pokemon in-game early on without having to surf. Being a person that always selects the fire starter in-game, I have noticed so many times that it usually takes me until around the sixth badge before I can add a good water-type to my team after I obtain Hidden Machine 3. Building on that one, I would really like to see an increased variety of Pokemon available on each route that could really increase the variety of players in game teams. Welp, see ya, win more out. They did that in X and Y. I feel like he addressed literally all of those problems, all of those problems he asked for were addressed in X and Y. Like, when you get Surf, you also get Lapras uh, in X and Y, and the variety of Pokemon available on each route is insane in Pokemon X and Y. But that's just my opinion. Mm. Alright, I get this next one from... He didn't actually put his name anywhere, I don't think. Uh, I would definitely want to see the mention of old characters from past games and future ones. It would be cool if we found out Hugh... I'm just going to call him, I guess, uh, Tyrese. Uh, is a high-ranking officer with the International Police, or Silver is a front team brain, frontier brain, or a member of the Elite Four, or even Barry taking his father's position as a frontier brain. 
I feel like this would open up the games a lot more, especially if they're willing to take, talk about the timeline again. Another thing is, after the game, after you beat the Delta episode, there's nothing to do in Oraz, and, it's, and it lost its luster pretty fast as a result. I don't think many people would have minded the break if they actually gave us something to do in the game. I was still playing Emerald, even through Platinum's release, because I wanted all the medals in the Battle Frontier. Uh, Tyrese, I guess. Yeah. You didn't give us a uh, I completely... I think uh, that's you don't awesome. have to guess, it says it right there, it says Tyrese. Yeah, well, I mean, I was hoping it would say it in the email, if he had like a handle or something. You don't want to be yeah. called Tyrese. If you don't give us an alias, we're going to call you by your real name. Yep. Yep, Bernie. Bernie Sanders over here. All right, Gator, you got this one from Mega Merlin. <laughs> Greetings, my fellow Puckle compatriots. I am pleased to punctuate my potential ponders of Pokemon in the future. Anyways, hey guys, it's me, Mega Merlin. In the last few weeks, I've been swamped with midterms and work and such, but squeezed in some time to talk about the possible future of Puckle. I'm 110% on the Pokemon Fusion hype train, and I think it could logically happen. When a Pokemon reaches a certain level, holds a certain item, and, allow, and you allow the fusion, thing can happen like any normal evolution, except two Pokemon in your party become one. I'll post some pics down below, but I think it should be a permanent thing, not temporary, like Mega Evolutions. Some Pokemon, like Zangoose and Survivor, would benefit um, greatly from this, and a fusion between rivals could be cool. Minim and Plusel, Arbuck and Survivor, Ursaring and Panguru all seem like logical, possible fusions. I also think Pokeball customization in the tunnel system should be incorporated. I think I'd love it if Gen 7 was either based in Tundra with tons of new ice types introduced or a heavily populated area with tons of steel, poison, and fighting types introduced. Well, it seems like I must depart, so farewell, my Puckle people. The wild Merlin has teleported. And I have one comment to make on his idea of having fusions. The very first Pokemon game we all ever played, Pokemon Red and Blue, I refuse to acknowledge that people who have not played those, we saw what happened with Bill. That's Pokemon true. fusions are a terrible idea because you don't want to end up like Bill. Also, Zangoose and Surviper wouldn't fuse. They literally hate each other. When you see them in horde battles together, the Zangoose will attack the Surviper or the Surviper will attack the Zangoose. Yep, it's the same with Heatmore and Durant. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. Alright, so you're getting this next one from Node, then, I believe? Scrawn? Alright. Alright. Yo, Puckle Peeps, it is I, Node. I have been lied to my whole life. Metagross not a Hoenn Pokemon? My mind was blown. Question for y'all. Why is Victini placed before Snivy numerically in the Pokedex? Just wondering. In response to the emails of other listeners, Shuckles, hope I spelled that right, Japan literally has a vending machine for everything. I assume that's where the flip-flop vending machine is. There are even underwear vending machines. Without further to-do, I shall go to the mailbag. I don't really have anything to say regarding additions to the game, though Pokemon Fusion would be cool, but still completely unnecessary and overcomplicated. I do, however, have opinions on the lore and society of Pokemon. What if Pokemon had no government at all? Not in a chaotic and horrible way, but there does not seem to be a centralized government in any region. Bear with me, I'll explain. We all know there were wars in the past of Pokemon. My theory is that after these wars and the whole AZ thing, Arceus or Zygarde or some godly Pokemon came down and pacified the humans. This powerful Pokemon convinced the humans to give up their wars and focus their attention 
attention on their Pokemon friends. The majority of humans became ordinary citizens and started doing random things like hiking or becoming a shopkeeper or a nurse joy. Meanwhile, some people, uninterested in swimming in circles for eternity, formed the teams and went against the rest of society in search of change. In response, the great Pokemon entity created a whole group of people dedicated to keeping the peace in the world. This group includes you, the protagonist, and your journey to become champion is the path to proving yourself to this great being. At this point in history, none of today's humans recognize the great Pokemon as their leader, but it still holds jurisdiction in the world. Therefore, there is no official human-run government, but instead the Pokemon with control over emotion. But that's just a theory, a Pokemon theory note. I see what you did there. Um, in response to his question about Victini, mm-hmm. it's because um, in Unova, they were trying to hide the existence of Victini from the evil teams. So they intentionally mm-hmm. didn't put it into the Pokedex, so they made it zero. Yep. Uh, so I get this next one from L, from L. I guess that's all we call him. Okay, to the people at Puckle, I have not written in a while, and I'm here to answer the questions. First, even a Glaceon can Oko for alligator. Not true. I did the calculations. It's not true. Uh, I think you should do an episode on the best or most overused teams. Third, the features that I would like, like are to be, are. Able to buy fresh water without clicking multiple times and no shiny loking. Uh, so okay, he also asked about type effectiveness. We actually did an episode on type effectiveness a lot not too long ago over the summer, I believe. Uh, but yeah, he's got this calculation of uh, this uh, Galatian Shadow Ball doing apparently five hundred percent to a Feraligator. Um, it, this is probably like a level like one Feraligator, I would assume. Because I ran the calcul, I ran these exact calculations, and for alligator actually comes out on top even without the dragon dance, because for alligator without the dragon dance still outspeeds and can two co- two KO uh, the glacian, and the glacian will two hit KO those for alligator, but it's not fast enough to outspeed the for alligator. Fun fact. That's uh, that's that's Thatch standing up for his boy for alligator. That is the least fun fact I've ever heard. Well, you know what? Fun. Maybe it's not fun for you. Yeah, Maybe it's fun that. for like literally everybody else that listens to this podcast that loves for alligator. Like yeah, everybody nobody else. loves for alligator. You love for alligator. Everybody loves for alligator. Spawn loves gator. free college for the people. Mm. <laughs> gator, you've got this last email from Snag. All right, mailbag from Snag. I like that. Hello, Trainer Thatch, and whoever he has. That's me. What features would I like to see in a Pokemon games? You can go check out my article about what should be fixed in the franchise. Here's a brief recap. The Pokedex should be more fluid, possibly even customizable. There's no in-game reason. Electabuzz, Elekid, and Electivire should be so far apart in the Pokedex. For competitive play, speed ties should happen simultaneously. The one downside I see is that there could be some double knockout situations that would end the match in a tie. But I... That could make some really interesting 1v1 sudden death matchups. What do you think? The last one I have time for is one that it wasn't in my article. We have 1v5 horse battles. I think that was supposed to be horde battles. It would be awesome if there was some 5v1 where you could use 5 Pokemon against a team boss or a legendary Pokemon. That's all for now. Smell you later. Snag. Woo-woo. What do I think about uh, speed ties and double knockout situation? I think that's part of the reason they included that. Um, yeah, was because they don't want Pokemon to end on a draw. Yeah, especially I agree. you get into the higher level competitions. Mm-hmm. There has to be a champion. There can only be one. I mean, they've pretty much knocked out all of the chances for you to draw anyway. 
Um, I don't actually know if there's actually a legitimate way to draw. Uh, because the situations I can think of is somebody uses explosion, but and everybody gets knocked out. But the only thing I can see, the ruling on that is whoever used explosion is the automatic loser. And it's... Uh, same with Parish Song as well. So I'm not sure who... I, I don't know. I honestly don't know that there's actually a way to draw. So question, does anybody here in your mind deserve the green Taurus badge? Um, yes, there was one in particular. Which one are you talking about? One moment. (laughs) I think the winner should be Thatch for taking all of those hits to his precious for alligator. Oh my gosh. It happens every week now. Ever since you made that, ever since you made that comment, Gabe, in the live episode, that was my fault. Wait, wait, wait! That hey, was, no hey, way, that hey was my fault. No, no, it was. I'm not even kidding. Um, if Antonin doesn't have one, I think he did. Ah, uh, I think we gave it to Antonin. I'm not sure though. I don't want I to would, claim. That. I would tend to agree with Scrawn on that one. Well, Antonin, if you know. if you don't have the mailbag badge, I think that you could probably. Yes, uh, but let me double check real quick. I feel like I gave it to Antonin. Uh, I could be wrong though. I feel like we did though. I'm double checking right now. I need to make that spreadsheet. <laughs> I need to make a spreadsheet of Green Taurus badge winners so that I could just know. Uh, um, as long as Antonin and Aunt Janice aren't the same person, then no, we haven't given Antonin the mailbag badge. Oh wait, nope, nope, nope. Antonin's name is Aunt Janice on the website, so we did give Antonin the badge. All right. Well, uh, what are we doing then? Uh, I mean, maybe we just tell everybody to try again next week. Yeah, try again next week. Try again next week. Uh, booster we'll up your emails. To please us. Uh, please do remember, uh, if you're going to send an audio email, keep it to two and a half minutes. Uh, try also, to pre- try to write it out beforehand so it sounds very clear and very good. Also, um, here's a here's a pro tip on how to win the Green Tauros badge. Um, back when I was uh, a normal listener like, like everyone else. Don't I, write a poem. I, I wrote a poem. First time, got got the mailbag badge. And it was a poem. Write a poem. Here, here's my advice. You should do everything in your power to make the hosts laugh. That's true. The, it's, the... it's honestly, like, in these, like, swarms of emails, it's whoever, like, is the most memorable. And um, maybe not laugh. Maybe make them think the most. Maybe you have the question that sparks the biggest discussion. Mm-hmm, that too. So if you're try if you're gunning to win, you do that, or you slip me fifty bucks, and I'll give you the badge. <laughs> Either true or. story. True story. Donate like two hundred dollars. You can have all the badges you want. I'll uh, make up a badge for you for two hundred dollars. <laughs> all right, all right. So I guess try again next week. Our mailbag question for next week is: So we have the Zorwork event happening, and we're gonna have a Hoopa event happening in the U.S. here very soon. So I was wondering, what event Pokemon do you guys think we should be getting? Uh, Japan's getting shiny legendaries. We're not getting that as either. But what do you Pro think that. we should be receiving as event Pokemon? Pro Anything that. with the fog. <laughs> So email us at fucklepodcast at gmail.com. Crobat is the wrong answer. And if you... <laughs> if, uh, so send that in. Um, in the meantime, though, there's several other things you can be doing during your uh, week if you want some more Puckle action. Uh, first of all, every Wednesday we release a YouTube video of uh, Puckle's Joint Lock. So check that out. Episode 7 should be up this Wednesday. Um, we should also be up... 
Uh, you can read any of our articles on the website, as I previously mentioned. You can uh, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, follow us on Tumblr, subscribe to our subreddit. Uh, this is uh, Facebook slash Puckle Podcast. Twitter, we're at Puckle Podcast. Tumblr is PucklePodcast.tumblr.com. And Reddit is r slash Puckle. You can you also... should really check out the, the Tumblr. If you're if you're on Tumblr and subscribed, all of our articles go to Tumblr so you can catch them right in your mm-hmm. newsfeed um, directly as they show up on the site. Um, also, if you have any way to subscribe to WordPress, all of our articles are on That's Word. true. That's true as well. Your hosting is and you want to catch us in your feed, that's a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any feedback or else you'd like to see us or if there's anything in particular that you'd like us to do, just hit us up. Um, if there's any YouTubers or personalities you'd like us to contact and reach out to be on the show, we can do that. Um, mm-hmm. we're, this is this is your community, guys. Yeah, so 100%. We're here this is you. You're here for us. This is, I mean... We're here to have fun, great. guys. And have fun with you. Not just with us. Like, uh, I like Gator and all, but we're here to have fun with you guys as well. I mean, nobody's yes. going to break a song like I will with you, but... That's true. That's true. Gator and I have a number, an unspoken bond. Listen, Gator is the type of person who will spend approximately two months attempting to breed a perfect Mantike for you. And I did. he may have never Why a man type? Task, but he tried his hardest, and that's what we're here for. Spawn was going to trade me something good to help with my Pokédex. But now <laughs> that I have, you know, uh, better ways to achieve that, I've, I've, I've achieved everything I need to achieve in Pokémon currently. I've got uh-huh. a living dex. I can make any competitive Pokémon I want. Now I don't need that from Scrawn. So if Scrawn ever approaches you and he's like, hey, here's an impossible breeding project, you tell Scrawn that he can go run for president for all you care, and <laughs> and then he will come to me, and I will help you out because I you won't know, make you. You know what the best part about this all was? It was that it ended up not being important at all because Oraz was released, and that exact egg move we were trying to get wasn't tutor move. All right, so uh, let, so closing. Uh, if you haven't already, please review us on iTunes. Uh, reviewing us on iTunes helps other people find us. And uh, I love reading your iTunes reviews. They're like, whenever we get one, it makes me super happy. And I absolutely read all of the iTunes reviews. They're like my, they're like crack. Uh, Tell you what, if you write an excellent iTunes review, we will read it on the show. We do. I, I, write- I do. I read. I read good ones on the show uh, because they like. It's definitely something. It helps other people find us. It helps the community grow. And if we can help the community grow, we can do bigger and better things. And that's really the most important thing. We can is helping the uh, helping the community grow so that we can do bigger and better things, and we can have a lot of fun as a Pokemon community. Oh, and and do me a favor when you're writing these reviews, don't just throw in there, "Hey, wrote the review. Where's my badge?" Yeah, like, don't do come that. Come on, guy. <laughs> there is come a guy on. who did that. There's just one guy to be fair, out of I mean, the hundred and some reviews. And so yeah, but it's uh it's a lot of fun. Uh, please do those things if you haven't. Uh. Well, you haven't until you've heard this, probably. Go buy a Puckle t-shirt. It helps us out, and you can uh, be fashionable. Just look on Etsy. Just look on Etsy. It's going to be right there. Uh, also, the link will be on the website and in the description of this podcast. And it should be pinned to the top of the Twitter. Uh, yes, it should be. So check that out. And uh, I guess until next week, I'm Trainer Thatch. I'm Scrum. Slash Birdie Sanders. And I'm Gator. You guys have a great week. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower... It's closing time.
guys, there hasn't been any news. It's really frustrating. There's just nothing going on. Yeah, there hasn't been a new evolution for years now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.